and welcome to Let's Talk It All. I'm Anvil. And I'm Jeff. And we're here to talk about it all. Yes, we are. And I, you know, funny thing, folks, we, we always talk about who's going to open the show and who's closing it. And as the intro is playing, I'm mouthing to him, am I opening the show or are you? And we just discussed it earlier, like 30 seconds before. Yeah, it's, it's I forgot. Funny. That's how my mind is shot anymore. Sasquatch starts yelling, Jeff forgets everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, I start shitting my pants when we're here in the corner. <laughs> So, so this week, uh, the wife and I are out. We went to Cracker Barrel for dinner, and uh, hadn't been there in a while. And you know, Dash couldn't figure out where to go, but we figured that was close. And uh, so as we we ate, and we went and shopped, and they got the little gift shop. Well, it's a big gift shop there. And what do I find? What do you find? But I find the Sasquatch collar. You did. He made this awesome video, by the way. It was hilarious. This is a. This is it's got a very angry looking Sasquatch, plastic Sasquatch that you you blow into the back of it and gives this howl out the front. And if you and it tells you uh, to do it slow, and it, it growls. And if you do it really hard, it gives us a scream. So I just I was, I was dying. I was dying laughing when I saw this thing. I said, "You got to get one for me. I got one for Jeff. So when we go out in the go out in the spring. That's right. We can we can call the Sasquatch when we're out there. I forgot to bring it with me tonight, but. I made Jeff a video just to show him. It was a hilarious, hilarious video. Hilarious. And in fact, I didn't even see it until two days later. I am horribly bad at keeping my cell phone charged, especially on the weekends. Um, so I fall out of contact with a lot of people. And I didn't see that until like a day and a half later. Well, and I, I was laughing my ass off when I saw it. I know you didn't because I didn't hear anything bad. Hear anything bad so no, Jeff had to get his phone or something. He would have definitely replied back to this thing. Yeah, it was hilarious. So, uh, so yeah, so Friday, 10 o'clock at night, I'm out in the middle of the Crack Bro parking lot. Howl in this Bigfoot Sasquatch collar. It was too funny. It was too funny. But that thing, you know, it's just the little things that amuse us. So tonight... That's what my ex-wife used to say. Yeah. Oh! oh! That's what a long time. Oh, uh, and I thought of one. We were out someplace, and I thought about the ex-wife joke. He's like, that's sick, because the line was back. Um, so tonight, uh, when this when the show airs, it'll be December 8th. Yes. Which it's my mom's birthday, by the way. December 8th? Yeah, December 8th. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy birthday, Mom. Yeah, happy birthday, Mom. Uh, which means yesterday, as this airs, was the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. That's right. December 7th, 1941. 1941. Uh, when the Japanese launched a surprise attack on our naval bases in Honolulu. Yeah, Honolulu. yeah Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. And uh, sunk... Sunk and damaged nine battleships. And 22 other ships. 22 other ships. And killed 2,403 uh, servicemen and wounded another 1,178. And now did they attack the, the naval installation, but there was an airfield nearby. Yep. Airfield. And they went after the airfield as well. There's a lot. It was very... But they missed some key targets, which we'll talk about later. Okay. We'll talk about and I don't know why they missed these, because it would have done more damage. But anyway, go ahead. Um... So we thought it'd be appropriate tonight to talk about Pearl Harbor. We're going to talk about historical things, yes, not, just, not just the crazy, wacky shit in our lives, but historical things. So Pearl Harbor was on the list. But yep. before we get into Pearl Harbor, I want to say Happy Crumpus Day. Happy Crumpus Day. Happy Crumpus Day. Day. Yeah. Uh, and if you wonder what that's about, Crumpus, and we're going to be doing a show about this next week. Yes, we are. Crumpus is literally the evil twin... Of Saint Nick or Santa Claus. Huh. And in Europe, Saint Nicholas Day was yesterday. And Saint, or not Saint Crumpus, but Crumpus Day is the 5th of December. Hmm. And this is one of my favorite characters. This guy is like the shelf elf on meth. Hmm. And we'll get more into it next week, but just keep in mind, this, this was Crumpus... Main thing was to terrorize the bad children that Saint Nick wasn't going to bring presents to. We've we've perverted into a lump of coal in your stocking, but Europeans had a much different view, where the children would be beaten, thrown in a wicker basket, and taken to hell for a year. Hmm. So let me tell you. You don't want to be on that naughty list. No, that would. Be and the, we will get into murders. We yeah. post some. I post some stuff on Facebook for Grumpus. Uh, he's definitely a fun character, 
and we'll get into that more next week. But this yeah, week is all about Pearl. Yeah, that's the naughty list you don't want to be on. Oh, I've been on a naughty list before where I've been tied up and Spanked. whipped, Whips. but not uh, not that kind of naughty list. Oh, <laughs> uh, got another ex-wife joke. <laughs> Especially when they drag you to hell for a year. Yes, they do, and it was hell. But anyway, uh, yes. So Pearl Harbor. So as World War II starts to carry on, Germany... And, and the yeah. Axis powers, Germany, Italy, and uh, at this point, Japan were included in that. Uh, in Europe, they had things going, and we were we were staying out of it. We were a isolationist. Well, we we had we were out of it, but we weren't. We had well, the one we lease act. Basically, well, we, were, we were giving weapons free because we're capitalists. We never yeah. we yeah. never missed an opportunity to make. Yeah, but this this was really kind of a free program. Yeah. We, were, we were giving weapons to Britain. We were making yes. tanks and aircraft, and especially the Soviet Union. Again, tanks and uh, you know aircraft, uh, so they could survive. Uh, and it could be, you know, the Russians were the first ones to put the Germans on the uh, defensive. But you can make a strong case if it wasn't for the Lund Lease Act, uh, the Soviet Union would have collapsed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they, you know, as it may be. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. But you're right. You know, it was 1941. Uh, Germany and uh, Russia had split up, or the Soviet Union had split up Poland. Um, and, uh, you know, by that time, France has taken over. Uh, and uh, then, Britain was under siege. Yep, yeah, Britain was under siege. And it was pretty much beaten as far as Hitler was concerned. So then he turned his, uh, started turning his attention towards the Soviet Union. You know, Bolshevism, which he absolutely hated. Yeah. So this is all going on. We are officially political, politically staying out of the fighting. Let's say it that way. We've, we were. Well, we were. We were. Again, we had. You ever hear of the Flying Tigers? Yes. Okay. The Flying Tigers uh, were a aircraft squadron uh, that didn't exist um, the, during the Burma. Burma, before we got involved. Right. What? Out of Burma? Yes. Uh, but they, they flew missions and helped train uh, Chinese pilots to fight the Japanese because the Japanese were kicking the shit into the Chinese all over China. Uh, and, you know, the Japanese were basically controlling it. Uh, and they were kicking the shit out of them. Uh, so the Flying Tigers actually flew a lot of missions, um, you know, as I, I don't know if you want to call them as mercenaries, but they weren't part of well, America's military yeah. at the time when we would have that. Even though it was. Supply that he was military advisor, yeah, advisories. But you know that's what it was. So the Flying Tigers were involved in China before the war actually broke out with Japan. Uh, what actually caused Japan to finally get pissed off and decide this Pearl Harbor strategy, which we'll talk about. You know, Operation the show. Hawaii. Actually, it was Operation Judgment. Is what they called oh, it. I yeah, it was Operation no, Hawaii. It was called Judgment. Mm. Um, and uh, damn internet. Yeah, the internet's wrong. Uh, but Operation Judgment. Uh, it came about because uh, we had blocked 90% of the oil supplies to Japan. We actually, you know, we were the big supplier of oil uh -huh. at the time. So we oh, we put an oil barricade on Japan, um, which completely hindered uh, Japanese's ability to continue fighting uh, in Southeast Asia uh, and the rest of Asia for that matter. Um, and that's when the, uh, the Japanese decided that uh, something had to be done about America. And it was actually in January of 1941. Almost a year worth of planet, yeah. Yeah, of uh, where Operation Judgment, you know, started taking uh, shape under the direction of uh, Admiral Yadimano. So, a little history there. Oh, that's right. So, they start in January. They start planning this thing out. And come December, early, early days of December, they head, in, head towards Hawaii. Yep, yep. Um, you know, uh, you know, we had. It was on a Sunday, December seventh, back in nineteen forty-one. Was mm -hmm. actually a Sunday, Sunday. Uh, and they planned it, you know, purposely for that. You know, people were, you know, taking it easy on Sunday, and Americans go to church. And back then, they were going to church. Not so much today, because we're a soulless society, police, and you know, mass murder on a scale unseen uh, since the Holocaust with abortion. But back then, we actually had morals as a country, and. Uh, that's right. We we did those abortions illegally back yeah, then. That's right. Um, it wasn't sanctioned. We'll leave it at that. 
really. Uh, but anyway, uh, yes, time mark is ten fifteen, and <laughs> we're talking about abortion. Well, it's a Holocaust of its own. But anyway, oh, yeah. moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, uh, so, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning, we're hanging out. Now, you know, there was a, a training radar uh, set up for uh, training uh, officers uh, and the, not just officers, but personnel, and it actually picked up the the invasion fleet. Uh, of the Japanese uh, uh, armada heading for Hawaii. Yeah, because this wasn't a small thing. No, no, it was huge. And uh, it was 160 miles out when it was picked up. And the officer in charge, he was a young officer, he's like, oh, you know, we're expecting some B-24s to fly in later from Los Angeles. Maybe just got re in the wrong direction. re in the wrong direction. It's just them. Ignore. Ignore. And uh, so we lost a good 40 minutes of pre-warning. Uh, of the attack because of that. Uh, and obviously we didn't know the attack was happening until it was underway. Um, the Japanese miscalculated. Uh, they had thought for sure that they would catch our aircraft carriers there. Uh, our aircraft carriers were not there. They were not there. They were yeah. out at that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, the USS Enterprise is on patrol, as was New York Town and some others. Uh, so they weren't, they weren't there for the big event. You know, they got a lot of battleships. You know, they sunk the USS Arizona. Uh, which the big memorial is right. is located. You know, and there's an interesting fact about the USS uh, or the, uh, the memorial uh, for the USS Arizona is that uh, for a long time that there was funding going on. You know, charitable organizations providing the money to build that uh, that monument. And actually, Elvis Presley uh, actually held a concert in 1961 in Hawaii, and all every single dollar. Uh, money and it was sixty like sixty five thousand or seventy thousand dollars at the time, which is a lot of money back then. You know, nineteen sixty five or nineteen sixty one, excuse me. That's a lot of money. All that money was donated uh, by Elvis Presley um, to that uh, to finish that monument, which I think was finished in nineteen sixty two. So that's pretty cool. It is. Yes, yeah. and it was the last concert that Elvis Presley had for nine years. Just forgot your little fact well, that everybody did. Thank you. You can work yours. So, so yeah, so the aircraft carriers were out. It was one of the battleships that were in there. And that actually, the Japanese actually cut their plan short. Right. They were planning to attack more. Right. And they didn't because there wasn't a point at that point to do it. Um, Some interesting things about the Arizona. Uh, Arizona, it's, you're right, it's a monument. The battleship still sits on the bottom. Yep. To this day, still leaks oil to some crazy no amount of oil every year, like five thousand gallons still leak out every year from that from that ship. No, you know it's in a dinosaur. So I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they say there's a huge plume. this. They say there's a huge plume underneath. Right. Right. And but it's, it doesn't bother the drinking water, so that's fine. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Well, I was looking it up. We, uh, I came up with uh, some of the oddball facts, and uh, on the Utah, which was another ship that went down, um, which was a battleship, by the way. What's a battleship? All states. That, it was. I believe the state the, name. It was a. Uh, by the way, it's a battleship. It was a state. So name. I believe the Arizona and the Utah were not salvageable. Right. No, they were not. So Utah still at the bottom of no. the harbor as well. Uh, on the Utah, a father had his ash. Had the ashes of his daughter, who had died, he was going to bury, bury them at sea, spread mm-hmm. them out at sea, and uh, the ship went down before that happened. So, she, her her remains are at the bottom of Pearl Harbor as well. That's fascinating. Well, she made it to the sea. She washed well, in Vermont Way. Yeah. Um, and I believe anyone that was at Pearl Harbor on December seventh has the right to be interned at the Arizona. Yes. If they do. Yes. If they want. Yes. And there are still a few from the left. There, there is very few yep. of them left, yep. but they had that, they have that right, they had that right. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. So, you know, here's the interesting fact that uh, I'm stuttering here because I'm trying to think of all the little things I learned over time here. Did you know on December 8th, when Roosevelt went in front of Congress and the Congress held a vote to declare war, there was one outstanding vote saying no, that we should not declare war on Japan? That Barack Obama? No. 
Could have been related to him. It was a chick. Chick. It was an old lady. What? A broad. A broad. I call her a broad because you called women back then. Broad. Yep. You look women in Canada? Yep, there? Montana. She's from the state of Montana. Oh, Montana. Yep. And she was a Democrat, and she was a pacifist. Of course she was. She was a pacifist, and uh, she voted no. And she was the only no. And it ruined her career, by the way. She never... You think? Yeah. She didn't reelect that after that. That was it for her. And she had been in office since World War One. I. I mean, she had been a congresswoman for a long freaking time. And she voted no for World War One too. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you think she would have learned? Yeah, you think she learned, but yeah. So uh, she got booted out of office after that. But so it was not a unanimous vote. It was three hundred and eighty to one. It was to vote in Congress because three hundred eighty one congressmen back then. So three hundred eighty one. Um, but yeah, and you know, uh, William Halsey, uh, vice, it was a rear admiral at the time. He was heading back on the Enterprise after Pearl Harbor. And when he got to Pearl Harbor, I think it was late December 8th when by, because he, you know, everybody rushed back. You, you were a ship, you got steady doors turned right around if you were in the uh, Navy at the time. And Enterprise set, sailed full speed back towards Pearl Harbor. And when he came upon seeing the carnage, you know, the ships are still smoking and it's only oh, yeah. later, you know, it's just de devastation everywhere. He said, and I quote, <clears throat> before we're through with them, the Japanese language will only be spoken in the gates of hell. <laughs> That's what, he was That's, pissed. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, yeah, he was really, really, really pissed. Uh, so, and that was sentiment across America. You know, there, everyone was pissed off. Everybody wanted war. And at that time, uh, before just a day before, if you would have taken an opinion poll, you know, the polls were very much in staying out of the war. America didn't want to be involved with the European war. And, or what they conceived as a European war. They didn't even think about the Japanese doing anything. And uh, Roosevelt really was more inclined to say, no, we need to be involved. You know, he was really, as was uh, a lot of other politicians, we need, we need to get involved. But the American sentiment was, no, stay out of it. And uh, unfortunately, as it may be, they, they kind of needed something like Pearl Harbor to happen in order to galvanize the American spirit and the American will to fight. And in comes the conspiracy. Yeah, and there has been conspiracy over the years suggesting that we knew. We knew? Um, that we had the heads up? Yep. Uh, I have done. A, I have not done extensive research like I did with UFOs or JFK or anything like that, so I, I can't comment on it at that time. Um, and another show, maybe we'll explore that when I've had months to prepare for it. Literally, because it's a month thing. I mean, yeah. we get to go through thousands of pages of Freedom of Information Act documents, which... I have to do for a show like that, you know, I want to know what the hell I'm talking about before yeah. I say, yo, there's some proof there, or there isn't proof there. I want to know what the hell I'm talking about. But there are rumors to that degree, yes. We shall see. Because we will do a show on that in the future. On that subject. On that matter. On that matter. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it was the rallying cry to get us up and going to get us into the war, and it's, You would, you, if anyone remembers, and we all should, but we don't, 9-11-2001, this was compared to, this, this was compared to Pearl Harbor, this, this was our, our century's version of, yeah, it was our generation, our generous version of Pearl Harbor, what <clears throat> I, I know that's a sentiment initially, but I don't think it is. I don't think I don't think people got as they got worked up. I don't think they got as worked up. I remember as they did with Pearl Harbor. Well, yeah, I wasn't around during Pearl Harbor, so I don't know. I can't see what it was like to move well, the field. I do because we went we went to the we went to war as a country. Right. It didn't stop till we got. Well, yes. I, I just don't have a good point of reference, and I'll tell you why. When 9-11 happened, mm -hmm. you know, I remember it like it was yesterday. I know exactly what I was doing. I remember how it happened, how I found out. I know every single detail that day. And I remember the day after, and the day after that, and the day after that, and I worked third shift, and I would go into Sam's Club at night, mm -hmm. okay? And I usually got there around 8.30. I always got there early, you know? Right. And uh, I remember watching the Vestal Parkway being packed with vehicles 
and people beeping their horns. And it was just, you know, and it was like this thing. It wasn't, I mean, the whole park was packed with vehicles beeping their horns, and every vehicle had a freaking American flag hanging out the window or out the back. Or It was nuts. Every house on the street within a week had an American flag in my street. Every single house. Not a single house did not have an American flag. I mean, like, and you would go anywhere in America, I think, at that point, and you saw that. It definitely galvanized the nation in my in my generation, in my opinion, 9-11. Now, is it on on the scale of what happened to Pearl Harbor? No, I think what happened to Pearl Harbor was 10 times worse, but that's just my personal opinion, and I'm not trying to offend anyone that was affected by 9-11. I'm just saying, you know, we went to a world war over Pearl Harbor, where 9-11 was... Afghanistan, and then, you know, unfortunately, Iraq got dragged into it, which had absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. But it was one country, you know, it was us versus Afghanistan, which had no no freaking chance whatsoever. So on the scale of comparison to a world war, no, it's minor in comparison to that, I would, I would say. Is that kind of like sum it up for you? I mean, look, at, yeah. I never go to church. Okay, we yeah. I, we were going to church at night, and yeah. all right, listen, listen, we're going to church, and in the middle of the damn the sermon at the end, the priest is saying, you know, we shouldn't. He's trying to like make a case for being, you know, thinking turn the other cheek and this other crap, and somebody in the back stands up in the church. He literally stands up, and this is the Catholic church right over here at St. James. Stands up and starts saying, uh, starts saying, uh, I pledge allegiance to the flag. I kid you not. And everybody else in the church started standing up. I did too. And we started, and the church and the, the priest yes. shut up. Yes. You know, I mean, we, like, I, dude, I remember that like it was I, yesterday. I, I agree. I agree. I think out of the gate, we were all gung ho, gung ho about yeah. it. But I just, again, it's the difference between life in 1940 and life in 2010, 2020. What did soldiers do? Back in the 40s. What did they do? In the, in the world of the world, what did they do? What's the one thing that... You're a soldier, and you're on the front line, okay, and say World War One, and you're in those freaking trenches, okay, and you're hanging out. You can't drink. So what do you do? You can't drink. Remember, you're not able to drink. You're not supposed to, anyway. But you're doing something else. And everybody did it. Okay. Yeah, they were called Luckies. Remember? Right. Everyone said it was called Lucky. All right? That freaking movie with Ben Affleck. About Pearl Harbor is the biggest piece of shit movie know. ever made. No, and never want to because not a fucking person in that. Yeah, I said the F word. Not a freaking person in that movie smokes a cigarette through the whole goddamn thing. Everybody smoked in 19 fucking 41, folks. Everyone Everybody did. did. That's a fact. Did. Fuck. Everyone. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. It's the, true though. I mean, the come F, on. The bomb counters. You know, going. and that's what happens. That's when it happens when left left wing liberals, you know, try to erase history and just make shit up. And oh, smoking. Smoking's bad, I'm good. You know, and everyone's got to be a goddamn Mr. Mackey from South Park. Smoking's bad, I'm good. So then they take smoking out of movies. They, they smoked! Yes, they did! Oh my god, they smoked! But now it's back in. Now it's back in. See well, cigarettes yeah. more often than I'm just saying, smoking's on the right. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, okay. Ben Affleck's the worst actor in the planet. That's my opinion. <laughs> I'm impressed with this Batman role. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Keaton had beat ten goals. Ten goals. Keaton was awesome. He's the best Batman ever. Oh outside, my god! Outside of Adam West. Oh, Jesus. Adam West. Jesus. Adam West. How can how can stop? Oh my god! Don't even diss Adam West. Oh, Bruce Lee would kick his ass. But anyway, remember the Green Hornet? Remember the episode when the Green Hornet meets up with Adam Batman West. and Robin? Adam West. Adam West. What? Adam West. Yeah, Adam West. That's uh, I don't know about that. I thought I really thought my, Michael Keaton suck it. Val Kilmer sucked. I don't know, in my yeah, opinion. Val's bad. Yeah. yeah. Clooney, awful. Yeah. Keaton was the best by far. My opinion. It's my opinion. Christian Bale was eh. Eh. Yeah. Affleck's doing a good job. Oh, God. God, no. Affleck's doing a good job. What's that doing? <laughs> My name's Ben Affleck. Damn it, Ben Affleck. Damn it. 
Anyways, 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 whatever. Yeah. Okay. So right, we're getting off the subject. Yeah, we are. We are. We are definitely getting off the subject um, from Harvard to Batman. Well, I just say Bruce Lee is Chinese, so Bruce I got Lee. some shit in there. He's Chinese. Chinese American. His father was Chinese, and his mother was uh, American. Yeah. So, anyways, I was yes, we were very gung ho and patriotic out of the gate, but it really seemed like it didn't take long for us to start pushing that to the back. Just me. And just the way things are. And, just, and there's a ton of conspiracy about 9 11. Oh, yeah. That, you know, was a government thing, and they did it. And yep. Steel doesn't disintegrate with jet fuel and yeah, all this other stuff. Know. And I don't know. Yeah, stuff beyond my the time of able to research, to be honest with you, at that point. Um, yeah. I'll tell you that there was a lot of little things that do scare the shit out of me about you know, coincidences. You know, I mean, like, all right, you know, there was, you know, I mean, the day before, and this is a fact, you know, I actually had the video upstairs somewhere. It's on YouTube over the place, but, you know, a day before 9 11 happens, you know, Donald Rumsfeld's talking about, you know, you know, six, you know, three trillion or six trillion dollars missing from the fucking Money Pentagon. Machine, yeah. You know, and then the next day at Pearl Harbor, and everyone fucking forgets about it. You know, or not Pearl Harbor, you had 9 11, and everybody forgets about it. Yeah. Oh, what, six trillion? Ah, oh my god, he's got a tag! Yeah, well, yeah. Dollars, that's, that's, where, yeah, that's where yeah. we are as a people. It's yeah. just, it is scary, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Shiny object. Yeah. The yeah. span of a Cocker Spaniel. Yeah. So, exactly, you, know. you know. You know, so that's right. right. But this is about Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and, Pearl Harbor. Let's back to that. Um, yeah. Now, the bombers that were using Pearl Harbor. Now, I don't remember all the names, and I honestly don't. And I just remember the name Kate. And, of course, you know, uh, the Japanese Zero, which is a fighter. But Kate was the, the, the torpedo bomber. Mm-hmm. You know, they carry one torpedo on each plane. It was called a Kate. That's our nickname for it, was called a Kate. Kate. And they did a shitload of damage. You know, on the first wave, there was like three wave, three attack waves, if I remember correctly. But the first wave alone had 51 dive bombers, 70 Kate torpedo planes, 50 conventional bombers, and then God knows how many, you know, support uh Japanese uh, Zero uh, support craft. You know, I mean, it was just... And back... Okay, this is like a lot today in comparison, but back then, that was a shitload of planes. You know, you're, you're talking like three or four aircraft carriers worth of planes. There was there was over 350 aircraft Yeah, but there were waves. There was one wave, two waves, no, three waves. But yeah. that's a lot of planes. Yeah, by the end of the day, the Japanese lost 29 planes and like 54 servicemen. I mean, in comparison, there are 2,403 killed... And 1,100 said they wounded, you know, and then our 29 ships. I mean, like, it was a huge win for them in, in terms of statistics, you know. It was, oh, yeah. a, it was one lopsided as you could be, you know. Um, and, you know, Yanomanto, actually, when he was approached by the Japanese high command, uh, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, they actually said, look, we want you. This is how it all started. It wasn't like it was Yanomanto's idea. You know, like, we, we want you to start putting together a plan, you know, to attack America. Now, he had prior American knowledge. Uh, yeah, mother. He actually spent time in America uh, before, I think he was younger, uh, before, you know, we were at bad terms with uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. And he saw our industrial base. He was, you know, Detroit. You know, he got to see the car factories right. and stuff like that. And he actually said to the Japanese command, he said, you know, I can promise you this. That we will win the first six months with ease against America, but after the six, if it continues after six months, I can't guarantee anything. And the reason he said that is because he saw the the industrial might of America compared to, you know, his whole country of Japan, which now today is a much different story. But back then, you know, it wasn't in a great industrial power. It simply wasn't. No. You know, they made planes out of paper mache and I'm not being an asshole I'm being I'm being very you know very you know sincere um they just they didn't have the the raw materials of the factories or the tool dies or even that to make advanced equipment um that would be needed or even on a mass scale where we had the capability to mass produce and he knew that and he actually tried to warn the Japanese high command you know this is not a bright idea in, in a very honorable way, which I say, this is not a good idea. This is going to turn out really bad in the long run. And uh, he, he was right. Well, right. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, 
kind of what waking sleeping giant and yeah. people just underestimate we we done and people knew it but the government the government wanted to get into the war and the people weren't going to like it right exactly and they knew yeah. and they they viewed this as a weakness that we didn't have the stomach right for war right and that was obviously a mistake But it was a mistake. Because we got into it. So my question is, I was thinking about this today as I was standing at my card table with my customers. What if we had in 1941, well, 42, let's say 42, the technology that we had in 44? Do you think they would have used the bomb earlier? Oh, well, we dropped the bombs in 45, it was August. Was it? August 45? Yeah, 1945 was August 6th okay. and August 9th. Okay. 45, okay, 45. Yeah. Yeah, Nagasaki, or Hiroshima was first. No, you're right, it's 45, it's August. Yeah. 6th and 7th, you're right. Yeah, yeah, August 6th and 9th, and Nagasaki was the 9th. Uh, the first one was uh, Fat Man, or Little Boy, and the second one was Fat Man. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, not only if we had the technology, I think the question becomes, would have Roosevelt dropped the bomb? Truman was a much different type of personality. You know, Roosevelt was a, no offense, folks. <laughs> he was a Democrat, former governor of New York State. You know, he was a Democrat. And uh, we want to leave it at that with him. Uh, no, in comparison, you know, Truman was, as far as I, I think, he was, a, he was a senator from uh, Missouri. And I think he was a Democrat, I can't remember. But he was a different, he was a Southern Democrat. They had a little yeah, more little balls, I, mean, I yeah, guess to say. Truman was a hard man. Truman didn't have, I, to me, Truman is the one who gave the door to drop the bomb. He didn't even think about it. It wasn't like a big decision for this guy. No. You know, I mean, it's like, just drop it. You know, basically, that's really came down to. It wasn't like he hum and hum, I don't know. Not like Obama. Oh, I almost such a good idea. Advisors, what should I do? And 50 people tell him what to do. It wasn't like that. He was one, I, again, I'm not saying that him and Trump are alike. I'm not saying that, but the, the type of thinking is more Trumpish. You know, this is what we're going to do. Fuck it. We're just going to do it. That's the type of personality he was, you know. And him, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but Truman and Eisenhower hated each other. <laughs> hated. Hated. Not, not during the war. Even right. as early as, uh, oh, shit, what was it? Was it 19... 19- I want to say it was 1948. Truman was still president at the time, obviously. And uh, the war was over. Eisenhower hadn't decided who was going to run or not. And Truman actually went to Eisenhower and said, look, if you run, you know, I'll, I'll be, I can serve as your vice president. Because at, at that time, he could have. He could have served as vice president. Right. And uh, I, I think Truman was feeling him out. Because, see, Eisenhower didn't declare yet if he was a Republican or a Democrat. Okay. Nobody knew what he was. You know, because he was a military guy. Right. He was a Texas guy, more like a Republican, but he was right. born in Texas, but no one knew. And uh, when the McCarthy trials were going on, um, Eisenhower was friends with MacArthur, McCarthy, Joseph McCarthy. And McCarthy was going after everybody. Oh, yeah. And Truman was pissed. Truman did not like Joseph McCarthy at all. And he got, he was very offended by Eisenhower taking photographs with... You know, Joseph McCarthy, he was pissed. And at from that point on, Truman lost all respect for Eisenhower. He even, <laughs> he During the campaign, as Eisenhower's running for president, you know, people ask, well, who do you think's going to win? And da 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 And Truman, you know, Truman wasn't running. And Truman's like, you know, I wouldn't want to elect a coward. <laughs> Call him a coward. Call him Eisenhower, the former Supreme Commander of Allied Forces. Coward. Or, yeah, a coward. Uh, you you can't make this stuff up. This is all recorded history, right? So Eisenhower wins. He's going to become president. So Truman's like, all right, I'm going to bury the hatchet. So he has his uh, Eisenhower's son pulled out of Korea. The Korean War started, you know. Right. He has him pulled out of Korea and flown home so he can attend the inauguration. Well, Tr- Eisenhower thinks that he did it on purpose to make him look bad. You know, as a military man, oh, he's having his son pulled out of harm's way. You know, so then Eisenhower's pissed at Truman, and Truman's like, I wasn't trying to be a dick! <laughs> you know? I wasn't trying to be a dick, man! What, what the... You know? Yeah. So, 
the day is a, a long-standing uh, history that when the final day of the inauguration, the new president goes up to the White House and sits down, has breakfast or tea or coffee or whatever the fuck they do with the sitting president. Ah, Eisenhower showed up late on purpose <laughs> to pick his ass up, to pick Truman's ass up, his old lady's ass up, right? So then Truman's even more pissed. So he gets in the car, there's no breakfast. And they're bitching at each other the entire life. They're, they're actually verbally fighting back and forth, sniping at each other. Nice. The entire trip back to the inauguration. So Eisenhower put his hand on his Bible to take the oath. And before he says the words, true story, folks, he looks over at Truman and he goes, I often wondered, what son of a bitch gave the order, ain't making this up by the way, what son of a bitch gave the order to have my son flown back from Korea to make me look bad on inauguration day? And Truman looks at him and says, well, <laughs> that would be the President of the United States, because at the time he was still, for a right. few more seconds, the President of the United States. And the President of the United States takes full responsibility for that, because he thought it'd be nice to have you know, the new elected president, son yeah. being there for the inauguration. And uh, Eisenhower kind of just nodded at him and then took the oath. They still bickered and fought in the news media for years. It wasn't until the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and it was at the funeral, that the them sat down in a bar uh, after the funeral service was over and hashed it all out. And after that, they were fine. They were, there was another bad word between them. This figure I'd want to share a little history between Truman and Eisenhower. So. Crazy. Yeah. So, let's get back to the Pearl Harbor thing, World War II. We had a lot of change. There was a lot of change. It was very... We were, we were back to a World War again. We had done Before? World War One. We had uh, fought the Germans and, and all that. But this was, a, this was a new war. Japan was a whole new kettle of fish as far as an enemy. Very... Psychotic, very committed, very well. They, to the they, very viewed end. Their, they viewed their emperor as a living god, god, and you couldn't even look at him. And uh, and because of that that philosophy, and you remember, this is the land of the former, you know, samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of uh, I don't know self respect, and, and uh, you know, we are a better people than everybody else. This is our living god here. That was their mentality, uh, much like the Germans with their, you know, we are Germans, we are, we are, you know, the, the Aryan race, we are superior, uh, that type of mentality. Uh, there was no quit in these people, literally no quit. Uh, they would do anything for their emperor. Uh, and so they were very tenacious fighters, even though if their equipment wasn't on par with us, they were extremely tenacious. Mm-hmm. Uh, their planes were extremely fast, we were not, because they were so light, because of the material they made out of them. Right. They were very maneuverable, very light, they could travel very far. Uh, very good planes, you know, for what they had, they used very smartly, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, they didn't waste anything. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, they were uh, extremely tenacious. The one thing they did screw up on Pearl Harbor was um, they hit us hard, which did set us back months. They literally could set us back by a whole year. And people don't realize, and it's not a well known fact, but we had gigantic oil supplies. In Hawaii at that time, mm. that serviced, you know, not just our our aircraft carriers and our battleships and our destroyers and our submarine fleet, because everything was diesel electric back then, right. but all our planes as well. I mean, our, our almost like a, a, I mean, like this was the core, you know, of the uh, of the the fleet, you know, for their supplies for a year, and they missed. They didn't take out that target at all. They couldn't. They could have put America back for a full year. From engaging the Japanese by if they would have hit those oil containers in those oil factories that we had there, the oil supplies. Very well, a little unknown fact about that. I figured I'd bring it up tonight. Yeah, appreciate it. yeah no problem. Oh remember. my God, you know what time it is. We did miss our shot. Uh, we did. What were we doing that? We never no, no, we didn't that. decide what we're uh, doing. We had red berry. You want to try to. Did we do the regular apple pie moonshine? We did no. that. We did the cinnamon one. We did the cinnamon. We didn't let's, do the regular. Let's do the. Okay, tonight we're doing. I'll let you do the honors. <clears throat> this is Fly Creek 1856 Apple Pie Moonshine from Fly Creek Distillery. There's a little uh, little stop along the way on that Route 38 trip we did. Yes. 
Yeah. I think this is where you took Heather with you on this one. Yes, probably. I took this Heather on the end, yes. This is one of the places we saw. We didn't we did Jeff, stop at. Jeff and I didn't get there together. Yes, but you went with your I went wife, and I went with my other other. Yes. And uh, by the way, folks, what I'm enjoying tonight as we're speaking is a gin and tonic with beef eater gin, by the way. Which beef I eater gin. is the best gin on the planet, in my opinion. More so than the... 1856. Yeah, Helen loves the 1856, but I do not like it. A little green apple yeah. kick to it. I will highly recommend the 1856 Apple Pie Moonshine. Black Creek Distillery. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember if we talked about this before. I know I think I've talked to you about it. Um, World War II and everything that went on. Uh, gave birth to our special forces. The Merchant Marine. Uh, no. No. You were so close to that one. I was close to that Merle's Raiders. Merle's Raiders. Sorry about that. Marine Corps yeah, Raiders. Start with an M. I knew that, folks. Marine Corps Raider. Amber, <laughs> Marine Corps Raider. Um, Merle's Raiders. This was uh, this was a group of Marines, and it was a lot of Marines that were personally selected. They had to volunteer. They had to be interviewed and tested, and not quite to the extreme that special forces are now. But there was there was a new there was a need for a new kind of soldier in the South Pacific. And this is where the, the Raiders were. They didn't go into Europe. They didn't do a... This is all South Pacific. And uh, they needed someone that could, could fight the Japanese kind of on their level of fanaticism, right? as it were. And uh, basically, um, the Marines that were in already, they volunteered, they were... Selected, they went through training, and basically they were taught how to kill. Different ways. Concealment, killing. It was their job. That was their job. Right, right. And um, I know they were, I, and again, my dad was My dad was part of that. And I just, I'm guessing the more I read about it, the more I can understand why he probably didn't want to talk about it after the fact. Because it sounds almost like it was a, you, you just, you had to go and do your job, and it was pretty much a soulless job. You, you, your, your one goal was to kill the enemy. Right. right. You came across him, you killed the enemy. That was it. That was it. That was it. Um, but one of the questions, and I, I can't remember if we talked about it here or not, one of the questions that's asked during the interview process is, if your buddy next to you started to freak out, was going to give away your position on a mission, could you kill him in order to protect your position, protect the mission, and do what you had to do? And the answer they were looking for was yes. That's kind of that's no hardcore. No, no would be the wrong answer. And that's kind of hardcore. I can't. But it's understandable. I can see my dad saying yes to the to the question, but I can see after the fact where. They were probably asked to do some horrific things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I can understand now why he would not talk about his time with the Marine Corps Raiders. Well, you'll see that a lot, um, at least in my in my personal experience. Uh, I know I've had family members who were in Vietnam. Uh, I know people who were in Vietnam, older gentlemen, uh, much older at this point. Uh, but none of them, none of them ever really talk about it. My Boss, you know, he was a lieutenant, metal plate in his head and his and his, and his ass too, but and his leg, he was, you know, three purple hearts. You know, he's a lieutenant in a tank brigade, uh, you know, light arm tank brigade, like uh, I can't remember what the hell they were back then, the uh, you know, Jeb Stewart tanks or whatever the hell they were, uh, not Sherman's uh, lighter tank. Uh, uh, he talked a little about it, a little, but not much. You know, he was, when he was really like a fucking movie. He'd get into it a little, just a little bit and tell you some horrific things. But the one thing I did see, and I did, I talked to one guy, um, I ain't got a name to me, because it was a long time ago, but he was, uh, 
his job was to drop the bombs. He pushed the button, mm-hmm. you know, the bomb. He was the bomber guy, the fucking big bomber, the B-52, I think it was. And uh, he never really talked, at one time, he, one time he talked about it, and just because he had a few drinks in him. And uh, I get teared up just thinking about, like, the shit he told me. You're like, you know, they're bombing villages. And he knows, he's, he said to me, he goes, I know I was killing little girls. You know, little boys. You know, he's telling you, like, you know, five, six-year-old kids, even younger. And you could see, and I think that's why I get emotional thinking about it, because I could, I could see in his eyes and the way his demeanor was, how much it affected him on a personal level. And uh, there's something called bomber fatigue. You know, you right. you, you can't, you, it messes with your mind so much, you literally can't push the button anymore. Um so I, I think that's maybe, you know, why your yeah. father ever talked well, about yeah. it. I'm just assuming, but I... Well, I no, imagine. and that's like you say, because he really didn't. I mean, I knew, you know, um, he had kept a couple of patches from his uniform and his uh, wedding picture with my mom. My mom was also in the Marine Corps, but not in the Raiders. Uh, she was in station in San Francisco. She worked on radios and communications. And uh, he was married in his dress uniform. And right there on his... Left shoulder is a patch, the Marine Corps Raider patch, and you know, other than that, that's what he was. He really didn't talk about it. And like I said, the more I read and found out about, you know, what it took and what it was and what they did, I could see where it would it must have really not bothered him to the point that he was, you know, a threat to society when he got home, but that he would not talk about it. I know when Korea started, he re-enlisted, but it was in the army instead, mm-hmm. and not back into the Marine Corps. Wow. And I know he was quite adamant that he didn't care if I joined the service, but he really didn't want me training. Wow, that's it. Wow. Huh. And, um, you know, I just, it had its toll, but he he did what was asked of him. Right. You know, and I got a question, you know, where that patriotism is today. You know. Anyways, but yeah, it's uh, if you read up on the Marine Corps, you know, especially the Raiders' history and stuff, uh, the four battalions that uh, were stationed throughout the Pacific, he was in Guadalcanal, and uh, that was just that's that brutal life until they had taken what they had to do to get that win that, win that battle. But again, it, it and the Marine Corps Raiders, they weren't they weren't classified special forces, but they were the closest thing to it. And yeah, this this yeah. this was this was the group, and they were disbanded after the Second World War. They uh, even the Marine Corps couldn't see a need for them after the war. That was they were not your everyday soldiers. Right. And uh, but they gave way, they gave way and they gave birth to the special forces that would come out next. They would be the Rangers, the Green Berets, the SEALs. The Delta Force. And Delta Force. Um, and eventually the, the Raiders have been re, reinstated into the Marine Corps um, to a certain extent. They are, there are Raider divisions again back in the Marine Corps. But um, just a crazy time, just a crazy time, 70, 70 years ago. No, interesting note. Uh... Just a few days ago, um, Russia moved their version of Marines under the border of uh, North Korea. On their border of North Korea. North Korea. I, didn't, I didn't know if you knew this or not, but uh, their special forces are now stationed. As I said before, I think they're, the agreement's they, been, agreement's are they been made. Are they still the Spitznats? Yeah, I don't know they're... what they're called. I just know, I, as I said before, one of the shows, like maybe five or six shows, maybe ten shows ago now, I, I think an agreement's been made. You know, shit's gonna hit the fan, and China's gonna take a piece, Russia's gonna take a piece, and we're gonna give a piece to South Korea. I, that's what I think's gonna happen. So, my opinion. Yeah, I, I think this little this little rocket man, <laughs> rocket man. Elton <laughs> John Kim. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's finally gone a step too far. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, hopefully it is a group effort to remove him and take care of that, because I, 
I want to say, I don't see Trump dropping the bomb, but you know what? If it was my decision, and it's a matter of, hey, this is the projected force depletion. Right. If we try to go in, or you can just do this. I would give my neighbors, China, Russia, <laughs> heads up to evacuate back a few feet, and then just... I don't know. I, I guess I guess it's not the Christian thing to do, but if it's going to save American lives and put an end to it quickly, I I don't. I'd be okay with it. I don't think it's going to happen. I'd be okay. Way. Well, I don't think it is either. I, I I think if we do it, it's going to be mass, overwhelming, massive strike coordination. That's yeah. you know. F, I mean, look, it is to the huge, huge. I don't know if you know this, but this is the past day and a half. They did a huge military drill with South Korea. Uh, what you know? I did see something about yeah. the air. Yeah, the air Huge. forces are working together. Yeah, gigantic, biggest one, and I think since uh, I don't want to say Vietnam, it was gigantic. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, not just the F twenty twos are over there. We have the F thirty fives over there now too. You know, and the F sixteens and the F eighteens and the F fourteens and the F fifteens. You know, the and the British and the Mirage twelves and you know all all this junk. You know, and the tornado F twenty twos and. All this other stuff they got going on. I mean, like, it, it was gigantic. Just absolutely gigantic. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but let's get back to Pearl Harbor. Uh, so Pearl Harbor happens. Uh, miracles in uproar, uh, obviously, for good reason. Um, and then we start rebuilding. You know, our, our, our uh, you know, a lot of our shipyards Papa, are actually on the East Coast. They were in Papa Maine. Were rebuilt and put back into yeah. service. Yeah, but we a lot of the shipyards were actually on the East Coast at the mm-hmm. time. Sure. You know, the submarine shipyards and all that were all on the East Coast. Uh, not all of them, but most of them. Uh, but we started building at a massive scale. And uh, but the really the point uh, when we entered the war because Germany the next day declared war on us after we declared war on Japan. We never declared war on Germany. Germany Hitler declared war on us. Um, our first thought was actually that we had to defeat Hitler first uh, and then move against the Japanese. So we deployed our forces and our uh, strategic resources in a way to sustain a, um, a resistance against the Japanese, if you will, mm-hmm. um, until the war in Europe could be won. And our mass resources actually went to supporting Britain, uh, the Soviet Union, and of course ourselves in preparation for uh, defeating uh, Germany in the Axis powers, you know, out of Africa and you know, out of uh, Europe. So, and once that was done, then we could take all our resources and concentrate in Japan, which is exactly what we did. You know, Patton, you know, Patton wanted to be, he wanted to be transferred <laughs> over to you know, Asia, you know, kick some Japanese ass and uh, MacArthur didn't want him over there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, Douglas MacArthur was <coughs> had a command uh, of the uh, of the uh, Asian you know, Southeast Asian forces. And, you know, nothing, he did not want George Patton over there. Uh, and the reason I, I think, my personal opinion, if you know anything about history, is look at Patton was a Madonna. He was he he was a glorious Madonna's bastard. All right, uh, and anyone that goes in with what, was it Pearl Harbor? Yeah, Pearl. Pearl, pearl handle, pearl handle, and pistols. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was a Madonna, uh, hardcore. Let me run. The guy was a kick-ass son of a bitch. Earned everything he got in life. MacArthur though was the same kind of personality. Eagle the size of a house. Oh yeah. And Madonna, you know, three or four different mistresses when he was over there because he was married. And you know, now on the on the other side of that though, uh, I should say that uh, uh, Patton. As far as I know, it was never like that. He was not a womanizer. He was a very honorable person when it came to certain things, and that was wonderful. Yeah. And he believed in family, no, no effing around. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, Pat never made it to there because uh, uh, MacArthur didn't want him over there. And uh, quite frankly, he wasn't held in high esteem anyway, you know, and he actually was relieved of command uh, after the war was over, you know, in Europe. He was put in charge of rebuilding, you know, controlling all the the forces on the the west or the eastern or the western side, and uh, he, he he wanted to start a war with Russia, you know, with the Soviet Union. And his philosophy was this: he's like, look it, 
If you want, I'll start the damn thing and make it look like it was them. But we might as well kick their ass now well, while we got again. the while we can. We got the forces over here. Why wait? We're gonna end up fighting them anyway. It's stupid not to do it now while they're weak. He actually had a pretty good point, to be honest with you folks. Uh, and anyway, because of those statements, he actually was relieved of his command. So, and he wouldn't de naturalize de Nazi-ized, by the way. It was a it was a directive from the uh, president of the United States, and I think Eisenhower himself. That all Nazi, you know, people affiliated with the Nazi Party had to be removed from any type of power uh, in Europe. Patton said no <laughs> because he goes, "Look it, these son of bitches know how to get the trains run on time. Why would you remove the people who know what the hell they're doing? When you people stupid again, Patton was kind of right. Just because they're part of a, a party that you had to be a part of in order to survive doesn't make them bad people." He, Patton had a point. I mean, like he did. He had well, and you know, I mean, in the in the hypocrisy of that is yeah. how many Nazi scientists did we Operation grant, Paperclip grant? Yep, asylum. Yep. Not grant. We stole them. It was called Operation Paperclip. Yep. It's all declassified now. We went in and smuggled Nazi scientists out to America and put them up, and they became American citizens, and they helped us develop the atomic bomb in our rocket program at NASA. The Bomb. rocket program, NASA. Yeah. Did you see what I posted today? No, I did not. There's see this again. Von Braun. This is again <laughs> fucking Facebook and internet, whatever. But a uh, thing on the internet, uh, someone was doing a documentary on the moon landing, and the premise of this is that they can't find the telemetry, they can't find the original photos now, they can't find any information that gave us the technology. To get there in the first place, and their the question about where all, all this went, why all this fear. Yeah, um, we went to the moon. We did go. To the moon. I to me, I it's we'll do a show on it. I promise, folks. And I'll blow this whole you know we didn't go to the moon shit right out of the water. The science is there. I can I can prove it simply. It's simple and it's simple. Well, what I what I found what I found funny what I found funny was and I didn't I didn't take that. I, I mean. I guess that's probably what they're trying to say, but what I found funny was that you and I have talked about there are reasons we haven't gone back to the moon. Right, exactly. And I took yeah. it what they were saying is that, you know, they've eliminated the key things we need to go to back, back to the, to the moon. moon. Right. And that's what they were trying to say we didn't go is that they've eliminated the key things we need all of a sudden that if we wanted to go back to the moon it would be so costly because they've eliminated all this prior information and knowledge and technology to, to help us get that bridge. Okay. Research this, folks. It only takes a few minutes of your life, and I'll make this quick. Just research how many spy satellites we sent to the moon. Okay? It will shock you how many spy satellites we sent to the moon. Why are we sending spy satellites to the moon? That should wake people up, if nothing else, and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So, so, I'm not sure if it's happy remembrance of Pearl Harbor Day belated. Well, I I think it, the, the thing to say here is uh, we'd like to thank, thank, you know, the people who uh, absolutely uh, were there at that time. Were there. And or and even supported they, the, the time after. You joined. know, if you worked in a factory even. During that time, if you're a woman and you worked in the factory, and everyone and, took part, and everyone, women, yeah. women went in the factories. Yep. Kids did metal drives, metal drives, and, and whatever. Yep, um, everyone. I and, it was I, a, and I guess that's the other one that can't see nine eleven. Compared to that, you're right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Compared to that, yeah. They'd rather bitch about it and bitch about this and not do that and play video games. Yeah, and, and go hide in their safe space. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I that's I guess I guess that's. I just, I don't think, I think there are a lot of us that are still patriotic, but I think there's that also larger group that just, they want, they want the freedoms, but they don't want to do anything that, to, to get free. That's right. They think freedom is free, and it's not. Well, it's not. not it's not, a, it's not an entitlement program. It is not an entitlement program. It is not an entitlement program, Rocky says. Well, so. with that being said, I just want to say uh, I think the best way to end the show tonight is uh, God bless America. God bless America.